Well, God bless you guys, and uh, welcome to Swerve Church once again. I'm so glad you guys made an effort to be with us uh, this afternoon, this evening. And uh, man, I am excited to kick off uh, this message as we're right smack dab in the middle of this series called The Warrior. Like Stephen mentioned, it is a series that's been geared towards the men, but ladies, I hope that you've been able to glean a lot of information from it as well. And uh, as we jump into today's time, people say that I look a lot like my dad. People tell me that all the time. Like, man, you look just like your father. Especially people that know me and, uh, and they haven't met my dad yet. When they see him, they're like, oh yeah, they see the resemblance. Now, I, I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree. I don't think I look uh, like my dad. But, but a lot of people really tell me that, that there's, a, there's a resemblance. And I guess if you haven't met my dad, then I guess you have to meet him in order to come to your own conclusion. But yeah, every time people run into my dad, they say, wow, definitely looks, you definitely look like him. But you know, I have this very vivid memory of my dad. Uh, while I was growing up, uh, as a young man, and uh, those of you that know me know that I have a horrible memory, but for some reason I have this very vivid memory. When I was uh, much younger, we were in the backyard, we were living at an apartment on Palmetto Street in Ridgewood. I remember that, we were in the backyard. We were probably having like a barbecue or just like playing in the backyard or whatever, just enjoying, it must have been like a summer day. Or something, and then he told me some words that I, I have never forgotten till this day. He told me these words. Now, it wasn't a particularly like mind-blowing concept. It wasn't something completely new. And I'm not saying that it's even unique to him. Like I'm not saying he invented this phrase. But the very first time I heard it, it came straight from his mouth. And since then, I've heard it many, many times over and over. But I think what made it so special to me was that it was words from his mouth to my ears. It was words from my dad. He was telling me this message. He was communicating this to me. And this is what he told me. It's nothing crazy. You guys probably all heard this before. You probably even said it. He told me this. He said, be a leader, not a follower. That's what he told me. Have you guys ever heard that before? Right? It's not unique to him. But man, I have this very vivid memory that he told me that. He said, be a leader, not a follower. I think we all have memories, very specific memories, either good or bad, of things that our dads have told us or said to us or communicated to us in some way, form, or fashion, either verbally or non-verbally, communicating us some kind of message. And we have that memory very deep, deeply embedded into our minds and our hearts. And today, as we talk about this topic, listen, it, it might get heavy. I, I really don't know. As I was preparing this message, I said, man, this is quite a heavy topic. Because we're talking about the relationship between a warrior and his son. The relationship between a warrior and his son. And I'm predicting that this message might be pretty heavy for some of us here. But my prayer this whole week, you know what it's been? My prayer has been that some of us might just begin to experience some healing in this area. You see, we're in the middle of the series called Warrior. And it's been a series geared specifically towards men. Though, like I said at the beginning, I do believe, ladies, you too can glean a lot from the information, specifically today's topic as well. But men, my hope and my dream is that you would feel encouraged by this message series, that you would be strengthened, but that you would also feel called out to be the men that God has called you to be in your homes, with your families, in your workplace, in your church, and in your community. And as we get into this topic, I love for everyone, right here, right now, uh, you don't have to close your eyes or anything, but just think about, for a moment, think about your relationship with your father. Just, just go there. Think about it. Think about your relationship with your dad. 
Picture him in your mind. Picture how he looks. And put that picture into your head. Now for some of you, as I, as I tell you those very words, and as you begin to think about your father, you're, you're going to have pleasant memories, some of you. You guys are going to have memories of your dad, of him being there for you, and, and always loving you, and cherishing you. And you know, He went to your, all your games, and he went to all your recitals at school, and he was at every single activity in your school. He was a dad that was there by your side. For others of you, perhaps, your father wasn't present. You know, he wasn't around when you needed him. When you needed him the most, when you needed a shoulder to cry on, he wasn't around. And, and listen, maybe it wasn't even his fault. Maybe it wasn't his fault why he was around. Maybe some other circumstances or whatever. But you were raised without a father really present in your life. And when I tell you, think about your father... It might bring a lot of negative memories, a lot of negative emotions. In fact, it might even bring some pain. Regardless of what types of emotions you know, and thoughts come to your mind right now, it's very difficult to deny the significance of the role and the presence of a father or the lack thereof, right? It's very difficult to ignore that. In fact, I want, to, I want you to listen to this quote. I included it in your notes. If you take out your message notes, you can follow along. It's also online on the Bible app. If you search us up, you'll be able to follow along there. But I wanted to include these uh, words here from John Eldridge. John Eldridge is an author. He wrote some books. And this is one of the quotes from one of his books. It says this. Every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow in the center of his heart, in the place of his strength, because the wound is rarely discussed, and even more rarely healed. The wound remains. Here's the last sentence of this quote. It says this, And the wound is almost always given by his father. Now, how true is that? Many times, even if we have great dads, we all have that memory of that one time, or, or several times, we were really, really hurt and cut to the heart because of something that our dads did or didn't do or wasn't there for and oftentimes, man, you, you guys know this, oftentimes we don't want to acknowledge that we're hurt, right? <laughs> like, you, you don't want to acknowledge the pain. I told you guys a couple weeks ago when I fell down off the scooter and I, and I cut myself, you know what I didn't do? I didn't cry. Like, I just got off the ground, you know? Because you don't want to show pain. I didn't grimace. I, was just, I just let the blood drip off my hand, you know, whatever. I don't want to show any sign of weakness. And men, we could be like that. And perhaps because we think, right, it makes us look weak. Or maybe because... You know, we tend not to be as emotional or whatever reason that you can really place as to why we don't show often this side and we don't acknowledge the hurt. Today, we're talking about the wounded warrior. Specifically, we're looking at the relationship between a warrior and his son. But for many warriors, we find it very difficult to achieve any type of healing. And if you're here today and, and you have very deep and sincere father wounds, I just hope that we can just tip the iceberg and help you find some healing. Look at Psalm 127, verse 4 to 5. It says this, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. I love that description, right? Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. Now it's super, it's super common for a son to, be, to feel wounded by his father. 
In fact, it doesn't have to be the Father's fault, like I mentioned before. And all throughout the Bible, we find numerous examples of relationships between fathers and between families, but specifically fathers and, and their children, between father and son, that are broken. Broken. Think about in the Old Testament, you guys know the story of Jacob and his son Joseph, and how he favored Joseph above all his other siblings. And this created within them this tension and this jealousy and this even this hatred that it began to create amongst all the brothers. Consider, how about the story of David and his son Absalom, while David was king. Absalom was David's son and he undermined his rule as king and he arranged to secretly gather a group of supporters in order to dethrone uh, and, and crown himself king. What about in the New Testament? Do you guys know the parable uh, that Jesus would speak all the time? Luke chapter 15, it's a super popular a parable. You've probably heard it a million times where he describes the estranged relationship between a father and his rebellious son who decides to squander all his inheritance on wild living. And, and all in all, the examples can go all throughout Scripture. And many of us, guys included, especially, we carry around significant father wounds and sometimes it's not even our father's fault. If there are, were some circumstances that were involved or something that happened, but nevertheless, it has provided some deep and some serious wounds that need some serious healing. And if you're here today and you have an awesome relationship with your dad, like you have a great, like, Danny, this message is not for me. Me and my dad, we're like best friends. And you, you can consider yourself very blessed because it's just not the normative situation. Consider this blessed. You know, and I mentioned this to you guys before. I was uh, mentoring some young men. I had the great privilege through Crew, which is a program that gets into the schools and, and they mentor some young men. So through our relationship with Crew, we were able to mentor some young men. I was able to go to my old high school, Grover Cleveland High School, to mentor some young men. And uh, as we sat around, man, these kids were troubled. They were failing their class. They had more absences than than present marks in their classes. They were failing all their tests. They were getting kicked out of class and always getting into trouble constantly. As we began to talk to these guys and build a relationship, do you know what the majority of them had in common? Do you want to guess? There was no dad in the picture. There was no father involved. And whatever the excuse was to why their fathers weren't present, whether they were incarcerated, they died, whether they were young, whatever the case was, but it was pretty obvious that these young men, they needed a father in their life. They needed a father figure in their lives. Now some of you are here today, and you're full-grown adults, and you're still struggling with the effects of poor decisions that your father may have taken. And you're asking yourself these questions, why? Why, why did you do that, Dad? Why, did you call? why, did, why weren't you present in my life? Why were you drunk all the time? Why were you always away from the family? Why did you spend all your time chasing money? Why did you love your job more than you love me? We're full-grown adults and still have these questions and are still questioning and asking God. Now, I want to be very careful because this message is not like a dad bash fest, right? We don't want to just bash dads. That's not our attempt here. In fact, I'm a father, right? I have three children of my own. And so we, we want to respect and we want to honor dads. With that same attitude, we want to acknowledge that many carry very, very significant father wounds, including some of you right here and right now. And we want God to begin to bring some healing to those wounds and to restore relationships in Jesus' name. Amen? Now here's my prayer for us all today. In fact, 
Can we read this next verse together? It's the very last verse in the very last chapter in the very last book of the Old Testament. And it's a, it's a, sort of, it's a prophecy of what was to come. But I would like for us to read it as a prayer today to Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. Let's read it together. Okay, ready? Read. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And that's my prayer. And that's my heart that we would begin to see this. And so for the next few moments of our time, I would like for us to focus on two questions. We want to answer these two questions. The first question is this. How does it affect us? How does it affect us? How do these daddy wounds, how do these father wounds, these significant hurts, how do they affect us? And number two, how can we begin to start seeing some healing? You guys with me? Here's the first part. How does it affect us? There are some very real ramifications in real life for those father wounds which are deeply embedded within our souls. It affects us in some big, big ways, both emotionally and even spiritually. And one of the ways that it can affect us is by causing us to live within the confines of the prison of performance. And it does this by constantly causing us to crave for our Father's attention, constantly trying to perform. In fact, if you're taking notes, the first fill in the blank there in your notes is this. The warrior who is starved for his father's approval is sentenced to a prison of performance. The warrior who is starved for his father's approval is sentenced to a prison of performance. Uh, what do I mean? Well, it's similar to saying, you know, I want my father's acceptance of me, so I'm going to try harder and I'm going to do more and I'm going to perform better so that I can be loved by him, so that I can gain his approval. Now, if you look at that mindset and if you take it into our walk with God, can you see how this issue can bleed into your view of your heavenly father? If this is the way you view your earthly father and this is the relationship you have with him, can you see how this can affect your relationship with your heavenly father, with God? See, this creates a warped mindset that bleeds into the image of our heavenly father. And that is when we live in what we call the performance trap. And we actually spoke about this a few weeks ago during our series, You Don't Have What It Takes, if you guys remember. Basically what we said is that when we're living for, when we're living for God's approval instead of from God's approval, that's when we're living in the performance trap. So we try to perform better, we try to do more, pray, pray more, read the Bible more, go to church more, because God, I want you to love me, I want you to accept me, I don't want you to reject me. And so we do more, we beat ourselves up more for the sake of, of accepting, of, of trying to gain God's love. But eventually, it all leads to the same thing. That is that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, it never measures up. It's never enough. And as a son, as a child, we want to feel love not for what we do, but for who we are. Look at what Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 to 6 says right there in your notes. It says this, when the time came to completion, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. I love that phrase right there in verse 5. And because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You see... We are unable to perform to gain God's approval. There's nothing that you can do. Guys, listen. There's nothing that you can do to gain God's approval. It's simply impossible. God is too holy and too great. But God makes a way for us to be called children of God. And the way He does that is through Jesus. 
and we're adopted. I love the picture of being adopted into the family of God. And it's not by your good works, and it's not by trying more, and it's not by performing better. It's simply because of Jesus. Because Jesus lived the perfect life, a life that you could not live, a sinless life, making Him the perfect sacrifice. And He died a wretched death on the cross. And through Jesus, we can be set free from the prison of performance. But it's only by Jesus. It's only by what He's done. And as we talk about this, we're going to talk about how do we heal? How can we begin healing? As we have these these father wounds and we recognize that they're very difficult and very hard things and it's really, even in our adulthood, it's really impacting and affecting us. How can we begin to see some healing? By God's grace, we want to experience healing. So how do we do that? Number two, if you're taking notes, the warrior must forgive his father through Christ. The warrior must forgive his father through Christ. And I know some of you are thinking right now, you're like saying, how cliche, Right? Great, Danny, that's an awesome, but how, how can I forgive my father and what he did to me? You don't, you don't understand what he did to me. You don't know how much the hurt and how deep the wound really is. You just don't know how much anguish and pain he's really caused me. And, and I don't want to take, I don't want to make light any hurt or any pain that has been caused in your life because of a, of a, a strained relationship with your father. And definitely do not want to make light of that. But what we want to do is, by God's grace, seek out how we can begin to seek healing for that. And I think Colossians 3 tells us a little bit about that. This is Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Look what it says. Paul writes this to the church in Colossae. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against you, against another. I would love for you guys to underline the last part of verse 13. It says this, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Would you guys underline that last part right there? This is the answer. How can we begin healing? How can I forgive all that was done to me or the harm that was brought to me? Well, we forgive as Christ forgave us. For a moment, I want you to picture this now. Picture Christ on the cross. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, which means that you deserve to die because of your sins. But instead, God in His grand love for you, He puts on human flesh in the form of His Son, Jesus Christ. He comes and lives a sinless and perfect life. And He says, I'll pick up your fine. I'll pay the bill. I want you to picture Christ on the cross with His nail-pierced hands and His nail-pierced feet hanging, breathing, His last breaths hanging on the cross, blood dripping down His body. Why? Why did He do that? Because He was paying for the price for your sin. I want you to picture the cost of your sin. I want you to picture the massive weight of your sin on Jesus' shoulders. Every lie you've ever told, every theft, everything you've ever stolen, every gossip, every rumor that you've spread, every lustful thought, every jealous ambition, every hateful emotion, every sinful act, and every sinful omission, things that you should have done that you didn't do, is considered sin. Imagine all of that on Christ's shoulders, bearing the weight of your sin, of my sin, 
in pain, in anguish, and in great despair. Jesus, with every ounce of blood, literally every ounce of blood in Him, forgives you. He forgives you. He forgives you. He releases you of your sin. He pays the price for your sin. He forgives you. So how do you forgive the unforgivable? You forgive like Christ forgave you. Like perhaps we're never more like Christ than when we forgive. We must learn to forgive our fathers and release the stronghold that those wounds hold on our very soul. I strongly believe this, guys, with every fiber of my being. I strongly believe that, the, that the, there is power in Christ to be able to forgive. I strongly believe that with every fiber of my being. Well, I know that a lot of what we've said may have conjured up some emotion and made you feel some type of way. I believe God wants to begin a healing work in your life starting today. And in fact, if I just want to bring it to our neighborhood and to our community, as I look at our community, I see daddy wounds all around me. I see it all the time, every day. Fathers that are MIA, right, missing in action, or incarcerated and jailed and can't be in their, father, in their kids' lives. Baby daddies that are producing children, sleeping around and having different, uh, different children with different moms, but non-existent in the child's life. And dads that work all the time and, and sacrifice the family on the altar of success and for climbing the corporate ladder. I see it all the time in our community. My hope and my prayer is that by the power of the gospel, and hopefully because of the influence of us here, here at Swerve Church, here in this church, because of our influence as a church, that we might inspire some men to step up into their God-given roles. And that we would begin to see very real community transformation in Jesus' name. We're about to pray and uh, finish up this part of uh, today's gathering. But it, can you please t take out your connection card for a moment and fill it out in the front. Put as much information as you feel comfortable sharing there. Um, if you're a regular attender, you know what to do. But can you please flip it on the back? On the back, there's some next steps that I would love for us to take. Uh, if you're here today and, and, and you, everything's fine, right? You, you don't have those daddy wounds, you weren't hurt, or you don't have none of that, then I want you to check off today's next step anyway, and as a sign of that I'm going to pray. and Put in the comments, I'm praying. I'm praying for those that are. And that could be your next step today. But for the rest of us, I pray this week that God would begin to soften your heart. Listen, not so that you can completely forgive and so you can completely let it go, we understand that this is a process and that's not easy. We're praying this week that God would just begin to soften your heart to allow forgiveness to take place. Can you take that next step? And take some time to pray. I want to be praying for you this week. Will you guys join me in prayer? God, I know that this is such a, a heavy topic and such a heavy issue, God, and many of us carry many wounds Deep, deep, deep wounds, Lord, that we carry for maybe for many, many years uh, because of things done to us or uh, the things that we expected to receive that we didn't. Uh, God, I know, knowing that it's a heavy topic and knowing that it's very difficult, God, I, I just pray, Lord, would you help us, God? Help us to take 
step towards being able to release and to be able to forgive. God, I pray for the men that we would be able to let go, to be healed rather, to be healed from these father wounds so that we can be the men that you've called us to be. I pray this in your precious son Jesus' name. Amen.